Welcome to the Standing Up to Pots podcast, otherwise known as the Potscast. This podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering the community about postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, commonly referred to as POTS. This invisible illness impacts millions and we are committed to explaining the basics, raising awareness, exploring the research, and empowering patients to not only survive, but thrive. This is the Standing Up to POTS podcast. Hello, fellow POTS patients and nice people who care about POTS patients. I'm Jill Brooke, your hyperadrenergic host, and today we have an episode of the POTS Diaries, where we get to know someone in the POTS community and hear their story. Today, we're speaking with Russell, who kindly volunteered to share his experience so that we might all benefit. Russell, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hi, thank you for having me on here. It's really exciting to be able to share with people what I've been going through. We're really excited to hear it. For some basics, first, Let's get a little bit of context, like how old are you? Where are you? Any other basics we should know about you? Yeah, so I'm 19 years old. I live in Washington State. I just graduated high school a few months ago, and I'm planning on going to college next year, hopefully. I like outdoor stuff. I love rock climbing. I love hiking, stuff like that. Excellent, and congratulations on graduating from high school. Okay, so how would your family or friends describe your personality? Definitely like the easygoing. I think I have a good sense of humor. I can be kind of shy to like new people, but I'm pretty social. I love meeting new people. Give us a second to brag about yourself. What are some things that you're good at? I love rock climbing. I did it a lot when I was younger, just going outdoors with my dad and stuff. And then recently, once I kind of was able to like exert myself more than I have been able to in the past year, I started again with some buddies in high school. And I've just been going like every day to the gym for like an hour or longer. And I've gotten pretty good at it again, which is super exciting because I'm hoping to go outside someday, climb at like Yosemite or someplace like that. That's exciting. Yeah. What is it that you like about rock climbing? I can get so pumped and exhausted after doing like one climb and then trying to do it for hours is just such a challenge. And the fact that it's kind of like a puzzle that I have to solve is so much fun and interesting to me. Just because like if I'm at the gym and there's like a new problem that is like the same level as something that I could easily do, but I've never seen or done it before. It's still like so difficult to like do just because you have to figure out the moves that you're going to do and all that stuff. And it's just so much fun to do, so much fun to solve the problems as well. That's kind of where I get my most like joy from it is solving problems. Neat. How old were you when you first tried rock climbing? I was very young just because my dad would bring me on all his trips. I probably rock climbed before I could walk, like probably put me on a rock before I could even stand. I'm excited to see where this story goes, because I can imagine that POTS would be just absolutely devastating to rock climbing. So let's back up. Mm -hmm. Did you have years of a normal childhood before any sign of POTS showed up? I mean, I guess I first got POTS symptoms when I was 17, about to turn 18. Can you give us a snapshot of what your life looked like before your first sign of POTS? Like, what were you up to? What were you doing around age 17? Average day, I'd probably, you know, before COVID, obviously, wake up, go to school. I really like school. I really enjoy it. Anyway, um, yeah, go to school. After school, I'd probably, it was like a weekend or Friday, probably go to work and then go hang out with my friends later that night. I was like the kind of person who would never really be at home besides like to sleep because <laughs> I'd always be out working or hanging out with my friends, playing basketball or something like that. So I was always doing stuff. The last winter of like normality before COVID and then before I had POTS, 
me and my friends coach like a basketball team, which is a really fun experience. So like we would be doing that after school as well. And just a team of like seventh graders. Oh, neat. So it sounds like you were very busy. Oh, yeah. So what was your first sign that something was amiss in the POTS department? Everything just kind of happened at once. I was at my friend's house. It was pretty late. It was like two or three. We had just gotten back from like a party. And then I'm just sitting on the couch, right? I'm probably pretty dehydrated and hungry. I was sitting down and I started feeling a little tired. You know, it's late, understandable. And I stood up. I think most people have when you stand up, you get a little dizzy for a few seconds. I kind of got that, but much more intense than I've ever had it. I didn't pass out. I've never passed out before. But I just kind of like fell to my knees just because it was like more intense than I usually have experienced it. So I felt my knees and then I got up and my like heart was pounding. I'm like, oh shit, this just feels like an anxiety attack or something. I don't know why I'd be anxious right now. I thought for like a second that I'd been drugged or something. It was like that different from feeling normal, I guess. It felt like a different state of mind, a different state of being. So I like got up and I'm like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I'm probably just dehydrated and hungry because I haven't ate or drank water in hours. So I had some water, had like a cliff bar. And my heart is still like pounding. I'm like, what is going on? I mean, I was fairly active. I always had pretty low resting heart rate. I just felt foggy headed and jittery and like my heart was pounding. And then I like drove home super late, slept, went to the ER. They did all the blood work and stuff. It told me it was orthostatic hypertension from dehydration, which made sense to me at the time because I surely was dehydrated. <laughs> and then it kind of was on and off for a few months, then became constant for a few months later. But I never noticed the high heart rate until like six months after I got it because I never really paid attention to it. I just thought that I was very foggy headed and dizzy because I didn't have like a watch or whatever to like check my heart rate. So I didn't even notice. I was like, oh, I feel very tired going up these stairs. But I didn't notice that my heart was pounding until it was pointed out to me by a doctor. So during that six months where you kept being fatigued and having a high heart rate, did it affect your daily life a lot? Oh, yeah. So we were doing online school, right? Starting September. After like two months, end of October, I completely just flunked out. Not flunked out, but did not do well in my classes after the first quarter. I had straight A's after like October and then it ended with not very good grades. And then the next two quarters, I didn't take any classes. I basically graduated from like, I got some forms filled out for like special occasion because I was sick and I kept going to doctors and they couldn't really figure out what was going on. Mostly because with COVID, you know, I couldn't really get in-person appointments very easily. So it was mostly like over the phone stuff and then me going into blood work or whatever. So it was tough to get someone to, you know, actually examine me. And the first time I went in for this to see my primary care physician, my heart rate was normal. I looked at the notes again and it was like 60. So I'm like, oh, that's weird that it was normal then. And I still felt kind of off. But I've noticed that now that a lot of times I have a normal heart rate, but I still feel kind of weird. Yeah, I was like very disabled. I wasn't really leaving my house much, leaving my couch much. I would just focus on like eating and doing whatever exercises I could to like kind of help. But I didn't know what POTS was or that I even had it. So we were just trying to figure out what was going on. So that was kind of the main focus. What did you think was going on? Well, the original thing that I was diagnosed with was low B12. I mean, it seemed like that obviously wasn't the issue because my hemoglobin and stuff was like normal. So I like took B12 supplements, got my numbers up very quickly, but I was still feeling weird. So I thought it was just like my system trying to catch up. We thought it could be some like neurological stuff. So I got a brain MRI and that's how I found out about POTS was from a neurologist. After looking at MRI, I went into his office and he was just like, oh, I'll take your blood pressure and heart rate, lying down, standing and then sitting. And he was like, oh, yeah, you'd probably have this. I was like, oh, that's good to hear, I guess. 
So how long ago was it that you found out that it was POTS? I mean, I guess officially when I got a tilt table was June, but I had known that it was most likely POTS since March or April of 2021. So maybe like four or five months now? Yeah. So I mean, my first symptoms were June 2020, and then I found out about it April or March, and then tilt tables June. So yeah. Okay. So once you had an answer that it was POTS, then what did you do? Yeah, so when I found out, I kind of just researched it, obviously, because I didn't know what it was at all. And then I realized that there's stuff that I can control about it to help it. Eating right, staying hydrated, staying active, taking my vitamins. Doing all those things was really my first steps before I could try medication, which I started in like July. The amount of progress I made, I'm very proud of from when I first started having symptoms to now, even before I started medication, I'm very proud of the progress I was able to make in terms of POTS and just my general health. I mean, before I even started medication, I was like starting to feel, you know, better, not the best, but like better. So what did you do and what symptoms did it help? I mean, the first thing I started doing was have a park by my house, just go walk around there. Started doing that every day, multiple times a day, as much as I can. I was starting to feel kind of better. Like May, I started feeling pretty good. That's when I realized I should be eating more and drinking more water to help this and exercising more. So I kept doing the walking stuff, increasing it as much as I could when I felt comfortable too. And then just starting to like go out with friends again really helped. Just because I'd be like so into whatever we were doing or talking about or whatever, I just kind of forget that I'm kind of dizzy or something or I'm not feeling too good. I just kind of get stuck in like that zone. That really helped. When I was able to start rock climbing in May, that was like 100% the best thing for me. But starting off was very challenging just because I'm so tired after doing one climb. But I mean, I eventually worked myself up to, you know, I can do it for as long as I really want to. Now, starting off was very tough, even for just walking. Just standing up and going to my bathroom was tough for me at one point. The walking and increasing the distance helped so much. And that was like my first step into like my journey on feeling better. That's excellent. Are you saying that now you are able to be 100% back to rock climbing, like despite the dizziness and everything, or? I mean, I wouldn't say 100%, just because like 100% for me would be like, I'm able to go travel to somewhere I can climb outdoors and do that, because I'm definitely not in the best shape to like travel, really. I've tried, I failed, but (laughs) that's my goal is to be able to start traveling again. I think that I can go to the gym and be there for like a solid three hours. And if I have a good meal directly after it, especially something with like high protein and then have some Gatorade or just a lot of water, I can like do it and feel pretty good afterwards. That was like my big struggle because I can do something and then afterwards I'll feel awful. But now if I do the right things before and after, I can do it and feel comfortable. So you mentioned that traveling is hard for you. And I, I know that's really hard for me too. But what is it about the travel that's hard for you? Probably just like not feeling well in an unfamiliar location can be kind of difficult. Do like my work, I mean, I don't really do it because I have to travel and I can't really travel. My work requires me to travel and fly to like New York and Los Angeles, which I don't feel comfortable doing because, you know, I haven't really been on a plane since I got diagnosed. I'm sure I will at some point. I'm sure I'll travel at some point again. But like right now, it's just still kind of unpredictable how I'm going to feel. When I do feel bad, I don't like being in an unfamiliar location where I can't just sit down and like chill. I guess the same as like traveling, if you just have like the flu or something or the cold, it's just kind of annoying. I'd rather be sick in my bed with the flu than sick in some hotel or airport. Yeah, absolutely. 
What other activities work for you nowadays besides rock climbing? What can you do comfortably? I mean, I try and walk. At this point, I walk 10 miles every day and rock climb. I also have a stationary bike that I ride. I ride that pretty often, not as much anymore, just because I've been walking and climbing so much. I play the drums too, which even for someone without pots, gets your heart rate up a lot just because you're moving your arms and feet a lot. That's about all like the exercise stuff that I do. I tried lifting for a while, but it's just super boring to me. So that's why I rock climb because I can get almost the same thing and not be bored. So did you ever identify any trigger or underlying cause of your POTS? Or does it seem like it just mysteriously came on that one night? I mean, there were two instances that could have hinted at it being post-viral. I had a really bad flu that I'm learning now was probably like COVID or something. January 2020, I was flying back from like a major airport. So it's like very well possible that I just could have gotten COVID before they really knew it was like here. Because I was the sickest I've ever been for like a week. There's another instance where I was sick. But other than POTS and those two times being sick, I've never had any health issues. I've always been pretty active. I eat my vegetables. I eat, you know, all the stuff that I need to. So I never had any health issues. I had things called like Ramsey Hunt. I had that for like two weeks. That's the only other health issue I've ever had. So do you think that this experience of having POTS has changed you at all as a person? Definitely. I was always pretty energetic, but I feel like I'm going to be so much more energetic and appreciative of experiences and stuff like that. And it's really made me appreciate being able to be alive, I guess. It makes me appreciate everything and makes me very happy when like I do feel good or I'm able to go do something or like I'm able to go for a long walk or complete a really tough climb. It just makes me appreciate it even more. And I'm sure that once I feel even better, it's just going to keep growing with me. What is the hardest thing about living with POTS? For me, my like most annoying symptom is definitely the dizziness and feeling kind of foggy in the head. And I guess another thing is my friends kind of don't understand it. They know that I'm like sick, but I mean, obviously they don't really understand it, but they're all be supportive when I need it. So that's helpful. Um, the hardest thing is just like not being able to like do what I want when I want. Go to like a concert or go travel, hop on an airplane. You know, working especially has been really tough. I used to work at like a restaurant, which I quit and I model too. And I can't really like travel to go do work. And like I said, it's just unpredictable. And I don't like feeling sick in unfamiliar locations. So that is actually kind of interesting because that almost sounds like it epitomizes the POTS experience. So you said you're a model and you still look the same, right? So you could still model. Everyone always says with POTS, you look fine. You look healthy. You just can't get there because the traveling is too hard and painful, right? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely points in my POTS experience where that was true. And there's been points where, like, I can tell that looking back at pictures of myself that I did not look very good at that point, whether it be from, like, POTS directly or just POTS affecting my sleep schedule, stuff like that. Other than that, you wouldn't be able to tell that I was sick just from looking at me. Despite being, like, very underweight, there's nothing, like, visually recognizable about it for me. So what is the best help or support that people could give you at this point? I guess just understanding if I don't want to do something, but also I like being pushed to do stuff even when I kind of don't feel well because I've noticed that it makes me feel better to do things, which may not be the same for a lot of people I've heard, but I like being pushed to do stuff just because it makes me feel like I can do it when people are like, oh, I can do it. And then I end up doing it and I feel good. I like to be pushed. What gives you the strength to deal with all this or what helps you cope? I guess just knowing that there's always improvement to be made 
and that it's possible and I can go back to traveling, being outside all the time, working and doing all that stuff is like my biggest motivation and just being able to like do the things I love. Is there anything that you know now about living with POTS that you wish you had known sooner? Yeah, I mean, I always drink a lot of water, but I was never too big on sports drinks. I wish I told myself that I should drink Gatorade every once in a while. <laughs> that probably would have helped me before I knew what POTS was. I don't know, I wish earlier when I first got it, I definitely needed rest just because everything was so sudden. But I wish I could go back and like tell myself and just be like, hey, get up and walk around the house. Get up and go walk around the park. It'll help in the long run. And has anything positive at all come from having POTS? Are there any silver linings at all? I mean, I've started eating a lot better, which is good. Drinking a lot more water, which is also good and beneficial for long-term health. I mean, I don't really drink alcohol anymore. I don't use nicotine really anymore. Those are both good things to not use, I guess. Yeah. If you had to estimate what percentage you are of your former abilities and former functionality, where would you say that you are now? I feel like it fluctuates, but I think generally, I think I'm like 65% maybe. I have periods of time where, you know, my heart rate's completely normal, responds normally to like activity and stuff and like won't even jump when I stand up. But even then, like I still feel kind of foggy, you know, a little dizzy. Anyway, there's still times where like I can stand up and my heart rate can jump to above 100, which is not good. <laughs> it makes it kind of hard to do stuff. But, but I feel like on a good day, I'm like 65, maybe 70. So can I ask about the rock climbing? Because to me, as somebody who does not rock climb, it sounds terrifying to be on the edge of a rock, upright, not have your skeletal muscles pumping to help pump blood upward, maybe feel a little dizzy. How is it being up there? And did you have to overcome some fear or Definitely, strap like, yourself in tighter? With rock climbing, there's kind of two main parts, whether you're indoor or outdoor. There's bouldering, which is kind of like short, more exertive climbs, but they don't really take that long. And then there's rope climbing, which is longer, but more like cardio intense, I guess, because they're longer, they're pretty high. Doing the like longer ones was a big challenge for me. I mean, obviously I'm on a rope, so if I fall, I'm completely fine. And I've never passed out and I've never like really felt like I needed to pass out. Just kind of like I need to sit down. Anyway, yeah, being up on the rope was kind of challenging the first few times. I mean, other than that, when I first started getting into it, I got really tired very fast. Like I do with almost anything, I guess. It's almost like relearning to do anything. It's like being like a baby trying to like walk again. I really had to start so small and then like build up and build up and build up. That's great. We have some questions that we call the speed round, where we just ask you to say the first thing that comes to mind. Are you up for it? Totally. Let's do it. Okay. What is your favorite way to get salt? Pretty boring, but I just dump it in like water and then put some Gatorade powder in it. <laughs> what is the drink that you find the most hydrating? Water, 100%. What is your favorite time of the day and why? At night, sometimes I don't have any symptoms and that feels great. Just from like nine o'clock on, sometimes I just feel fine, which is really weird. Yeah, that happens to me too. It's weird. How many doctors have you seen for POTS? Oh, for POTS specifically, I've seen one. I have a specialist at uh, University of Washington. And how many doctors did you see in pursuit of figuring out that you had POTS? I think like four different departments. How many other POTS patients have you ever met face-to-face -face in real life? None, but my mom has a friend who used to have it or still has it but doesn't have it affect them, I guess. 
What is one word that describes what it is like living with POTS? Annoying. <laughs> what is something small that brings you comfort or joy? Star Wars. Has anybody ever given you a piece of advice that sticks with you or that you like to remember? Yeah, bash on. So my dad always tells me. What does that mean? Just keep going. Oh, that's good. I like that. What is something that you are proud of? My recovery so far, or my improvement so far, is something I'm very proud of. When you were at your very worst, what percentage of functionality do you think you were? I know you said that right now maybe you're at around 65%, but it fluctuates. Where was your lowest? My lowest, I was pretty much in bed on a couch all the time. So like 15, 20. What is something that you are grateful for? Friends and just being alive, I guess. And my family as well. Finish this sentence. People might suspect you're a potsy when... I guess you probably wouldn't unless I'm just sitting. And there's been times where I'm with my friends and I'm just like, oh, I gotta sit down for a minute. So I just have a couple more questions. Is there anything that you wish more people knew about POTS? I wish that people knew that it can affect pretty much anyone, really. Because I know that most of the cases of POTS are like in females or with people with other autoimmune stuff. But it can really affect anyone, even like a healthy teenager boy like me. It can affect anyone. Yeah. Is there anything you would like to say to any fellow POTS patients out there who might be listening? Yeah, I guess I'd say to just keep going. I know there's people that have it way worse than I do. And I think that what I have is awful the way that I have it. And I recognize that there's people that are a lot worse. But I just say, like, control what you can control. Treat yourself good and keep going. I'm going to remember the bash on. I like that. Mm-hmm. My last question is, why did you agree to let us share your story today? I guess just because, like, no one that I know really knows about it. knows about POTS. Anything, I kind of have to explain it. Well, I don't even really explain it. I just say, like, yeah, my heart goes fast sometimes. <laughs> Something like that. I just hope that, like, people and doctors and just people in general will know more about it and be more aware of it. Because I think, you know, that can obviously help with like, research and the better treatment, research and the potential cures stuff like that because all the awareness leads to more research and i think it's important to like talk about things like this that aren't necessarily talked about a lot because even though it may affect a small fraction of people the fraction of people that it does affect it can be very like disabling hey listeners okay psych so it has only been one second since you heard from russell but with us it has actually been several weeks and I had asked Russell to stay in touch and let us know if anything major happened. And lo and behold, he reached out and said, hey, something major happened. So we are back today about six weeks later to hear about it. And I have not even heard too much about it yet. So I'm excited. So thank you for joining us again, Russell. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me again. So the last time we spoke, you, I think, were struggling. Listeners will have just finished the episode, and so it's fresher in their minds. And I think, you know, you were on what felt like a slow road where you were working very hard to make some very gradual progress. Totally, yeah. I think at the time I recorded the first episode, you know, I was probably taking two different medications feeling really like tired, sluggish all the time, all that. Yeah, you were struggling. You were really having to fight. Okay, what happened? 
<laughs> so, you know, I think this is like September, maybe October. I haven't really been in contact with my primary doctor as well as my neurologist just because there's not much new to tell him. And I was seeing a new like therapist. I'd never done therapy before, but I figured to try it out. So I've seen this new therapist and he recommended this guy who owns a clinic um, in the town right next to me. Um, like a Chinese medicine clinic, like Eastern medicine. So like acupuncture, all that stuff. And that was something I'd never really tried before. And I'm sure a lot of people have done acupuncture before, but I was pretty excited to try it out. I go to the clinic and I meet with the head of the clinic. He's this really interesting dude. I don't want to talk about him too much because it would take a lot of time. But like very smart, very educated in Western medicine as well as Eastern medicine, which is really important, I think. And, you know, I was talking to him about the issues I had. And he asked me a bunch of questions, you know, like travel history, history of illness, history of like chronic pain, all that stuff. And basically when I told him that like, oh, I traveled to Costa Rica once as like a baby and then I've been to Mexico twice, once as a young child and again when I was 16, he immediately suggested in like those countries, it's super common to pick up a parasite, whether it be something big like multi-celled like an actual bug or like something that's super small and they really can't pick up on like a stool test, which I had done before in the past. So the idea is maybe you would have like eaten something that would have led to you having a parasite living in your gut after that? Basically, yeah. He said that, you know, you can get it from something as small as putting an ice cube in your drink if that water is bad. He says it's quite common, but it affects most people a lot less and they don't even realize it. So basically, he was like, that could be a possibility, but, you know, I'm going to have you do acupuncture and take these herbs for a month. And if you're not feeling better after that, I think we should try and see if the parasite's a real possibility. On, like, the acupuncture and the herbs, you know, I'd feel good, I'd feel worse, I'd have a bad day, have a good week, have a good week, bad week, you know, bouncing back and forth. So at that point, he was pretty convinced that the parasite could be, like, the underlying thing causing all this distraction all this stress and like chaos, I guess, in my body. So he sends me to this MD in another town over to meet with him. He could examine me or decide if the parasite was a real possibility because, you know, there's not really a real way to test for it accurately just because it's so small. You know, they can go in there with an endoscopy or a colonoscopy and maybe see something, but even then it's tough. So you really have to go on like travel history, symptoms, all that stuff. And basically, he tells me that him, the MD, and the Eastern Medicine doctor, they've worked together on lots of conventions about this type of parasite. And, you know, they see it a lot in people, especially when they've traveled to South America and some other countries in like Africa, Asia, places where they may not have the cleanest accessibility to water. So he looks at me, examines me, goes through my symptoms, travel history, and prescribes me, he's like, two different antiparasites, one that I took for three days and one that I took for 10. Okay, so you have been through all your physical therapy, you've been to all the traditional, you know, normal doctors, you had been through acupuncture at this point and herbs mm -hmm. at this point. And so now they're giving you, you said two antiparasitic drugs. Can I just ask what your frame of mind was at that point? Were you feeling really hopeful or were you like, oh geez, here we go with another thing? I was really hopeful because the thing is like Eastern medicine doctor, you know, he knew a lot about Western medicine, Eastern medicine, and all sorts of conditions that affect the nervous system and all that stuff. 
And I would like tell him about the symptoms. He'd always infer correctly, basically. So I was pretty hopeful because it seemed like he had a very good idea on the body and what things can cause symptoms I was having. I was having. I was pretty hopeful. So the theory was that there's like literally something living in you, messing with you, and you were going to try to kill it. Basically, yes. He was like, with the parasites, you can't digest food properly. Your stomach can't do that. It starts to mess with your nervous system, you know. Just because your body is constantly fighting like a small-scale infection, things can get out of whack just because of the stress, basically, the internal stress. Do you recall if they had a specific parasite in mind or yeah. they just thought that some parasite was in there? Yeah, so I think they narrowed it down to a single-celled amoeba parasite. Okay. So I did the drugs and like basically after that two weeks, you know, I really started feeling like I could get stronger. The pot stuff, it wasn't gone, but it was. It wouldn't be as extreme. I was able to get off on the medication. Now it's rare. They're like, actually happens. I still deal with symptoms, but it's rare for like the heart rate to actually increase a lot. Symptom is kind of gradually like gone back. So you're saying that your postural tachycardia is going away? Yeah. So, I mean, there's sometimes where like it happens and a lot of it, I've been able to like map it to like things I eat or the order I eat them. I realized one day when I had pancakes and syrup instead of bacon and eggs for breakfast, I realized, oh, I can't have sugar and carbs as my first meal where I'm not going to feel good. Interesting. Usually, like, I don't have it, but sometimes I do. So it's there, but it's not really there all the time. So you also mentioned that you felt like you could start getting stronger. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, I guess I always felt like I would take steps forward and take like a small step back. Or I'd be like really tired after working out or like going for a walk or rock climbing. When I eat, you know, when I work out, I feel like I'm building upon something rather than like pushing forward on something that's barely moving. I feel like I'm on climbing stairs rather than like building a sand castle with dry sand. Yeah. So you mean like maybe you get a little stronger every time your endurance gets better or that kind of thing? I definitely notice my endurance getting better, my appetite increasing just because I thought it was pretty, not a small appetite, but I would get full very quickly. And I wouldn't be able to eat a lot. So I've noticed like oh, I can eat a lot more now. You know, I can do a lot more things have been getting better on like a actual straight line rather than it being like a stock graph where it's all over the place. So you're not having nearly as many setbacks as before? Yeah, exactly. What about any sort of cognitive symptoms? Have those changed at all, like brain fog or concentration or things like that? Yeah, brain fog's definitely gotten a lot better. I'm definitely able to like concentrate and really absorb information better, which is like something I struggled with like even before I was diagnosed or was sick. I was like paying attention just because I mean I'm like 19. I think it's hard for most people my age, but. Yeah, like definitely I feel like I'm not like spacing out, feeling like dissociated. I feel definitely like more in tune with everything around me, which has been really nice. Yeah, like I've been doing like college applications. It's nice to like actually be able to focus <laughs> on that. And so as far as like how much you can do in a day, if you had to estimate, can you do 20% more now or... Like in terms of pacing yourself and needing to conserve energy? 
yeah, I guess now still working on a lot of things, like getting my sleep schedule right. But, you know, on a good day, like, I feel like I can do probably like 50% more at this point. Like the other day, um, went into the city, did some stuff, came back, hung out for a bit, and went and saw some friends. And, you know, I felt pretty decent that whole time. I feel like I can do a lot more and I don't have those significant crashes where I just need to like eat and lie down for hours, you know? Wow. Okay. So what did your doctor say? Were they surprised or they were like, oh yeah, this is what happens. It must've indeed been a parasite. It was the amoeba. Yeah. So I got a new primary care physician recently. So I had to explain it to them. Um, they were like surprised. I haven't told my like neurologist yet because I haven't, I'm seeing him like in March. I'm guessing I'm still going to go to that just to like explain what the deal was because he's the one who prescribed me all the like medication that I was taking. So I should probably, you know, follow up with him. But yeah, the primary doctor was like very surprised, but he didn't know a lot. He knew about pox like on a general level and like that stuff. But I think for me, like the pox heart rate increase was a way to like define my symptoms, but it wasn't my primary issue. I think my primary issue was just like the fatigue. And that was just a way for them to define it in like a medical bracket, I guess. Wow. Okay. So tell me, how are you feeling about your future and your goals and all that stuff? I'm feeling pretty confident. I've been really into rock climbing for like the past year. Initially, I just got into it because I wanted to have some kind of exercise due to gain strength. And I've been taking it not seriously because it's like a fun thing to do, but I'm taking it to like where I want to build up with something and maybe start going outdoors. I'm applying to colleges. I just finished applying to colleges. So I'm hoping to go to school, get a degree in something. I don't really know why yet, but I like a lot of things. So I think I'll be able to find something. Yeah, I'm pretty excited and hopeful right now. It's just nice. That is so wonderful. I am so excited to hear this. And I've not really heard this from too many other people. And so I might hit you up to see if we could get the name of your doctor to see if he would talk to us about this, if he has seen this before, if this is a thing, if what you had was classic POTS or something that mimics POTS or what, because this is really exciting. Totally. That's like the first thing that I thought of. I've talked to the doctor about it just generally. He's like, yeah, I don't think people realize that these tiny single-celled parasites really are quite common. It's just uncommon that it affects you that hard because he thinks that, you know, I could have had it for years. It took years to build up to the point where it was actually affecting me. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, like, that not a lot of people know about it. And there's really not a lot that's known about what it can actually do to you. It's super interesting. Okay, listeners, we're going to do some detective work. We're going to see if we can learn more about this and bring you the information. Because I'm sure everybody's now is like, ooh, ooh, I want a chance to have that happen to me. Yeah, he has a YouTube. I don't know if he has any videos about the parasites, but he's like teaches Eastern medicine and all that stuff. So he's very intelligent. And just also just, I was really fascinated talking to him about in Eastern medicine, how they define POTS, like the condition, and like how they, I guess, define like the root issues are. It's like very interesting to see like their perspective on it as opposed to the Western medicine perspective that I think a lot of people hear. Yeah, it seems like POTS is still at the level where it's a bit of a blind man and the elephant situation where different people can look at it and see very different things. Totally, yeah. Yeah, their whole thing is, it's, or at least in my case, a combination of, you know, your system, your body just being 
stressed and out of whack to a combination of you're not absorbing enough food you know because of that you're like they call it like anemic but i guess the correct term for like western medicine would be hypovolemic like low blood volume it seems like they have a bunch of different combinations of things that it can be to cause symptoms like it and he says that he's only seen it 10 times but through like the acupuncture nerves he's been able to help them all which is really good so do you feel like you won the medical lottery here or how <laughs> are you feeling like definitely because it was definitely by chance i'm sure i probably would have gone to him at some point just because he lives in my town and he's pretty well known but yeah it was kind of by chance that he was like recommended to me i also found out that my grandma's friend had a parasite went to him went to the other guy did the drugs felt fine then my mom's friend had a pus diagnosis as well and ended up having the parasites and went to him and all that stuff. So it seems like, at least for people in my town, it's happened a few times, which is crazy. So I live in a pretty, like, small-ish town. Even in that small sample size, you have, like, three people. Wow. Yeah, we got to see if we can get him to start keeping some data or something. That's completely fascinating. Definitely. It's made me very interested in, like, that type of medicine and that type of, like, diagnosis process. It's really cool. Wow. Well, we are so excited for you. Anything you want to say to any other POTS patients who might be listening? You know, if you don't have a defined cause or like reasoning, maybe look into this. Or also just in terms of treating your symptoms, definitely look into other avenues of medicine besides just traditional Western medicine. Western medicine is great for like acute stuff, like if you broke your leg or if you have an infection. But for things that are like systemic, like with it probably is. Western medicine doesn't really have solutions for that. I think that's where those alternative types of medicine like herbal supplements, acupuncture and all that stuff can really make a difference. Great. Well, I'm going to say it again. If anything else dramatic happens, please keep in mm. touch. Let us know about it. But I hope you enjoy your rock climbing and applying to colleges and I think you already have a modeling career going, right? You're like, you have so much to return to in your life. Yeah, definitely. You get to just enjoy it all to the fullest. That's what I hope, yeah, definitely. But in the last year, you know, I've become really aware of like a section of people that I was not familiar with at all and probably barely knew existed. So it's been like interesting to see this whole like group of people with, you know, the same issues that I have. Or like uncovering like a whole new world, I guess. It just shows that like um, there's so much more than like what you experience firsthand. Yeah, I think those are great wise words. It's a big world out there and you never know what's going to come up and what's going to broaden your horizons. Oh, yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, we will say goodbye for now and we will just wish you all the best. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me twice. <laughs> Our pleasure. So, hey, listeners, bash on. And remember, this is not medical advice. Consult your healthcare team about what's right for you. But please consider subscribing because it helps us get discovered by more great people like you. And thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you're not alone. And please join us again soon. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or on our website, www.standinguptopots.org slash podcast. And I would add, 
If you have any ideas or topics you'd like to suggest, send them in. You can also engage with us on social media at the handle Standing Up to Pots. Thanks for listening, and we hope you join us. This show is a production of Standing Up to Pots.